You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Normally, I would tell you a cool fact of the day, but I have something even cooler than a cool fact of the day. Dr. Barry Morgulon, who's one of the most popular guests we've ever had on Bulletproof Radio, is back. And if you heard the last episode with him, he's one of 12 remaining grandmasters of a 5,000-year-old Chinese energy medicine tradition that was actually the root of the Shaolin practice. And this energy practice is about protecting the emperor of China on all levels. This is the levels, including energetically, like from poisons, as well as like the martial side of that. So I would call it maybe the most complete a set of practices I've ever found around the world. And Dr. Barry, on top of that, has only been a UCLA surgeon for several decades with a top record. Uh, so just an incredible physician. And it looks like he could be maybe my grandfather or something. But he's got this incredible medical set and this incredible set of knowledge and experience and a way of looking at at the world and looking at at each person and just seeing what's really going on in a way I've never found. And this has led him to do, I'm just going to call it energy work or supportive work for some very powerful people on the planet, uh, global billionaires, senators, presidents. Uh, he's backstage with Tony Robbins. Um, he supports me at my events. And I can't tell you exactly uh, how what he does works, but I can tell you, I do his meditations in the morning, and it absolutely works. And this is just a unique opportunity uh, for you to listen to this episode because I've asked Barry to do something that he only does on the meditations that I listen to and things like that, where he embeds this, uh, we'll call it source energy, the stuff he works with. He's going to put that into the audio file here. Whether you're going to be able to see it on an oscilloscope, I don't really know. But I can tell you, when I listen to his stuff, it does something that normal things don't. And this episode is meant to do that for you. So this is an experiential episode. Listen to it. And if you feel completely amazing afterwards, maybe it's all placebo, but I don't think so. <laughs> so with that. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD+, and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD+, levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. 
Check out Qualia NAD Plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD Plus. It's what I use. With that introduction, Dr. Barry, welcome back to Bulletproof Radio. Thank you very much. It's really a pleasure to be here. Now, for people who didn't hear the last episode, I want you to walk me through how the heck did you go from being a Western-trained Gastroenterologist. Surgeon, yeah. yeah, gastroenterologist. How did you go from there to this, you know, Dr. Strange? Yeah. <laughs> like, how did this happen? The real Dr. Strange. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's interesting that when I started out in medical practice uh, as a gastroenterologist at UCLA. When was this? What year? Oh, this is back uh, about 30 years ago, between, uh, starting in the early 80s. Um, I was uh, having a great time. It was a blast. Endoscopic surgery was coming out that time. You could do wonderful things. You didn't have to cut people open. It was great. People were getting well much faster. I thought this is fantastic. And then I, after a few years, I started to recognize that I still, especially since I worked in the emergency room, whenever patients had pain, it would bother me. And then I, it started bothering me more and more that people went through anything before you were able to do the procedure to help them. So, as you know, this wonderful story happened where I was in uh, uh, one of the patient's rooms, Mrs. Gonzalez. And so I was in there and I said, hey, you can go home. It's Sunday and you can really go home. There's nothing to worry about. It's free time and your tumor's out. There's nothing to worry about. It's gone. And all you have to do is go home and you can have your big Spanish meal now. So what I would like is for you to, you know, if it was up to me, you would, you know, because I know you and your family and you've got so many, you know, relatives and you're going to go back and cook for all those people. What would it be like if you never had this downtime? What would it be like if you never got sick? What would it be like if your life actually got stronger all the time and you were able to take care of your family better and your children and their children? Ms. Gonzalez is a little bit older. And she looked at me and said, well, you've already done a great job. I'm going to get to go home, but if anybody can do it, you can do it. So I said, okay, I'm, that's what been in the back of my mind. I really want to make this contribution to medicine. I know that what I'm doing now is not going to pull people all the way through. It, I have this dream that I really would love for people never to have to go through the down times, but actually be stronger all the time and actually be able. And so I went on a search, took me... Hmm, Six and a half years, 150,000 miles, flying around. Every three months I went, oh, South America, Central America, all throughout Europe. And I worked in every single one of these great cities, like, you know, in Germany and Munich. I would do the endoscopic work, but also I would find out what else they had. And I would ask these great surgeon physicians who were well-known in Germany and very difficult to get to, but because we were colleagues from the UCLA endoscopic advancement on the cutting edge level, we were able to, I was able to go there and work. And then I would say to them, okay, now that I've demonstrated what we've got, do you have anything different? Do you have anything alternative? Because there was no alternative medicine back then. There was nothing that you could give somebody. In Los Angeles, I think all we had was, um, well, we didn't even have croissant shops. We had donut shops. That was it. <laughs> and we didn't have, uh, you know, barely a vitamin store. So they would always go, you want something alternative? I mean, here you are at the cutting edge of your science in America. We're learning from you. Why is it that you want something that my grandmother does and doesn't listen to me? 
I said, let me meet your grandmother. And so every place I went, I would always, you know, find after I did my work in, whether it was in, in Paris or whether it was in um, uh, London or whether it was in Salvador or whether it was in the Philippines or in Brazil, fascinating people. But I was always interested in, could I bring it back to UCLA? Could it, would it be something that would allow people to not have to suffer and not get sick before illness hits? Because, you know, most people say your life goes up to here and then you start to diminish. I wanted people to get stronger with time and you be able to do it yourself without being dependent on, you know, anybody having to intervene in your body with anything electrical or mechanical or pills and uh, it took a long time, but finally I found it. Uh, and when I was teaching in China, it took me about six and a half years. And finally, when I was teaching in China, I discovered, uh, which is a more deep story about why I got into it. Do you want to hear about that or what? Well, you, you went on this odyssey mm -hmm. and I mean, you've talked with shamans. You talked to all these native healers around the planet. And partly you were looking to put yourself out of business. Oh, no doubt. That was fine. With me, I wanted people to have the chance to live their lives not dependent on anything but what God gave you and other people to interrelate as equals so that everybody could be, which actually the, this discipline that I was able to bring back from China stresses that everybody has to be a strong tree in everything, whether it's philosophy, whether it's sociology, whether it's uh, psychology. Every, in marriage, everything. Everybody's a strong tree. Nobody like dependent on somebody else. Nobody obligated to somebody else. Nobody uh, tit for tat, uh, guilt trips, uh, all those kind of things where I'm too weak. Now, the way the world I wanted it to, to represent itself, which is that inside of you, you know that, well, you've always known when you were younger, you're okay. You're actually all ready to go as a kid. But you hear a lot of things that has you say, well, no, I have to get this medicine or this supplement. The truth is, as you found out in all your work, the mitochondria do a great job. All you have to do is feed them and uh, people will advance. So in China, I got this huge opportunity. How did you know? I mean, you could have easily gone into the jungles in South America, like Alberto Viotto, a, mm -hmm. a cultural anthropologist and a shaman and a friend who's been on the show. Mm -hmm. And he spent 20 years studying plant medicine mm -hmm. in the jungle. But how did you know to go to China versus all these other places? Mm -hmm. Like, what was the signal that said, all right, this is the thing that's going to work or that does yeah, work? Yeah, the truth is I had no reinforcement. I had no positive experience from any of the places I went. But I knew that I wanted to find this. And that every three months uh, I would go somewhere. Um, you know, I went to the jungles in South yeah. America all these things that are popular now about whether whether it's a, a medication or whether it's an herb. Um, you know, I got to experience all that, but I didn't see that you could bring all these things back to the United States. And first place at UCLA hospital would blow the smoke detectors <laughs> and everything else and never get by the IRB. But it, I, I, plus it wouldn't be widespread. I wanted something that would start when you were young and would go all the way through to us and, and stay living as long as you could healthily. So I didn't find it right away. It took me a long time. I started taking your, the 15 minute meditations and I play those for my kids before they go to bed, Good. Uh, starting when they're young and they love it because they just go to sleep more quickly and they get to go somewhere. But I haven't yet found other than that, like a, an evening meditation thing. I've tried a couple other things or tried just kind of walking through things and they just don't pay attention, but they do. 
So maybe maybe when they're you know, 500 years old, they'll be like, all right, that was a good decision. Well, yeah, they're using it now. I have a lot of children right now. I tested this modality back, which uh, all once I was able to get this incredible opportunity after I was teaching in China. And remember, when I went to China, it was at the end of my it was like my, you say, how done? No, I didn't. It was my last place to go. And the reason it was the last place, it was heavily communist back then. You know, everybody, when I went there, everybody was still wearing the Mao suits, which means that all your clothes, a poor country then, not like now, your uh, attire was provided by the government wow. and your food was uh, limited and people saved everything. Um, and so I had a great time learning their culture. And actually I did learn uh, I, at first, I thought that I'd hit it when I, they said, you, you can learn all of our herbology um, and all of our acupuncture. So I got to work in their traditional hospital. Um, it was fascinating. And it wasn't something that necessarily, you know, now you all get to take herbs uh, in little capsules. But we, when they taught me how to do it uh, in the pharmacy every morning at 530, we'd boil everything and then decant it off. And I do mean everything. Uh, it was sometimes like a Harry Potter kind of pharmacy with that guy up on a rolling thing. Uh, and then you pull out a little wooden, uh, I swear they got it from China, a little wooden little drawer. And there would just be Chinese writing on it that I didn't even understand because it was old Mandarin, not the stuff that you can look up in your dictionary. And so I'd just reach in there because they're yelling at me and I would pick it up and I'd go, hmm, looks like part of a wing of a bird, you know? And then this, another one was an insect. And there was a lot of things that you would go, why are they boiling this? And people would drink it. Again, I didn't think I could bring this back to UCLA. Plus, it was given to people to help them while they were sick, and it did help them. I saw it help. But I wanted something that would not only you could do when you were ill, but that you could actually stay strong. So I, I didn't find it until after I left there. Here's what I, I don't get, Barry. All of the doctors I know of that time frame, there are a few like you who were just willing to go outside the box, but the vast majority of them, they would have simply looked at that and said, that's witchcraft, it's superstition, it doesn't work because it can't work, which is anti-science, by the way. <laughs> Instead of, does it work, let's see if, if there's a reason. But what made you say, I'm even willing to suspend my disbelief enough? Because you'd already been through, what, eight years of medical school, and you were already performing surgeries with you know, antiseptic things, and here you were like sticking needles into people's livers without washing them all the way or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> say that. Well, I mean, but uh, this in is China, how it, it happened. Yeah, there was, was a lot of things that weren't yeah. sterile in those days. Right. Matter of fact, my surgical outfit uh, when I was doing endoscopy or sphincterotomy, uh, you got one green outfit in the morning, and that was it. So you were to keep it clean, and if it wasn't clean, that's too bad. That's the way the hospitals ran. So wow. your question is specifically. Well, why were you willing or able to just go out and experience this stuff, given that the sense of skepticism that's built into medical school or any engineering practice in any school, you've spent eight or 12 years studying this and then go out and do something that's the exact opposite of what you learned and believe it had any, any credibility to it? Like, what's, what drove you to do that? How did how'd that happen? Because that's very unusual. I didn't like people suffering. And with the previous system that we all have, even today, people, even doesn't matter if you take, you know, and there's people that take 120 supplements in the morning, uh, they still have, because I see these people, they still aren't getting out from that continuous circle of trying to feel better, not feeling so good today, maybe I'm okay by the weekend, and then Monday hits again. There's no like continuous, I'm getting stronger in life. Because this was my experience of what I think, for my belief, God or Mother Nature or the universal power that has, 
you know, created all this, that that's the way it was set up, that it was set up to work. Not only were the, we were talking earlier, the Fibonacci numbers make sense when you look at them, but that the whole world would make sense in terms of us as individuals, that we could actually do away with suffering and actually be a contribution each day towards getting stronger. So that's why I kept looking, because medicine, and still is very much, even for people that say that they're integrative at this point, they're still limited because they can only do so much. You have to show up with your problem or my slightly deteriorating situation or major situation, and then people either do needles now or do medications and that's not what I wanted. I want people to not have to do that. I want you to stay at work, stay creating, stay contributing to other people. And then I knew that the world would start to work in a way that was uh, wonderful. Just like a basketball team when everybody's healthy on the team and you can pass the ball around and do the three-man weave and go up, sink the basket. It's wonderful when everybody's there and in top shape. That's what I wanted people to be. So you were looking, on, on one hand, for a deeper sense of meaning, it sounds like, a deeper sense of understanding, and you were looking to remove suffering, mm -hmm. and you were willing to go outside of the I was world certain, of Yeah, I was certain that the way this world was set up was not just taking care of sick people at the sick point, that there was a way to have people, when they come to the earth, uh, especially when you deliver babies, you know, you see all this glow coming off the child, and it seems to last for a certain period of time, and that's why people love to pick up babies they think it's the smile or the goo, goo goo No, it's the baby is now this energy field that's just blasting you and let's hold it. Let's hold the baby. And what happens that after two or three years? I was fascinated to find out what happened. And I finally did. When you look at a baby, mm -hmm. what do you see that I don't see? It's the same baby and adult, everyone. It's, it's, it, from the training that I got, once I found these grandmasters in the mountains, after I left working in the hospitals, and that training wasn't easy to get, and it took a lot of time. And the reason they wanted you to take so much time is they wanted you to be able to see everything. And that's what turned out to be the greatest benefit is that, yes, when you look at the human body, all of us are taught to, well, you see somebody in the hall, you go, hi, how are you? But then you keep walking, never even find out how they are. You just sort of, you know, hi, how are you is the sort of a hello. And in German, it's the same thing. You can say, Chris Scott, or you can, it doesn't matter. All the terminology is hell over, and you just keep moving. But with this discipline, your sensations are actually so palpable that anything in your field comes up as something that is working well and contributes to the field and their field, or it shows up as something that you can either see that the field has changed, either in color. I know some people like to talk about it in terms of auras, but that's sort of a, you know, people get mystical about that. Sure. The truth is that we can, you, you can feel it, you can measure it over time with all these training programs, these practices I've brought back. So when I look at you, uh, if you just say, forget about having a problem, just say, hey, I'd like to do, a, I'd like to really crush it in my research, or I'd like to write the best book, but I only have and I've worked with people, you know, who've done that for bestsellers. You might have, you might have helped me. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. A, a few people. And the point is that everybody has limited time, but so what? You remember right before finals and those of you who went to high school or college, and all of a sudden for three days before finals, your whole brain opens up and you feel like, where is this intelligence all semester? I could drink beer the whole semester. I wouldn't even have to go to class if my brain was open that, that much. And I said, how could one access that all the time? And how could you access being in the zone all the time, you know, for ath athletics or being in flow all the time? And 
I knew that it had to exist. I just knew that no one had found out how to connect to it. So when I look at your body, I look to see where there, and I can feel it, I can see it, there's color changes, where the flow's occurring and where it's not occurring. So you see And that's colors. why we did exercises before. You see colors, you see energy meridians or? Well, they're not really, the meridians, the pictures you see in books are just, you know, someone's attempt to like draw a pyramid or something, draw a line. Your field actually is pulsating like this all the time. It's pulsating, and you can see that. Mm -hmm. Or do you sense it or do you see it? Both. I know a few people like this and with different disciplines, no one with maybe the full spectrum visibility mm -hmm. that, that just I know because we're friends and we get to talk a lot. But I also know like Kelly Starrett uh, came on the show and he's from San Francisco CrossFit and talks about flexibility and all. And, and when you walk in the room, he's like, oh, your right leg is a quarter inch shorter than your left leg and your, your glute is messed up. And, and it's like a superpower because when I see people, okay, there's certain things I'll pick up and, and all and different people, yoga teachers or it just all, all the different energy kinds of practices out there. Guys like John Amaral has been on the show. They can sense and, and they have this, it's like a, a it's like an x-ray vision thing. And you get Neo in the matrix. You know, he looks around and all of a sudden it's zeros and ones. And I kind of think. Yeah, zeros and ones. That's a very good way to look at it. But you, and the way they made the field yeah. keep going down around everybody so that you couldn't say that that you wanted to separate from the field unless you could see where the whole thing was and where you are as a part of it. And that's kind of what you do. That's mm -hmm. my sense of it anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you see a baby. That movie came out about the same time as I was doing my, and we won't go into that story, but what, that's, as I was bringing this back to the United States in the 90s. Really yeah, interesting. Yeah, and yeah. so when you saw that movie, you said, oh, this makes sense. I won't say anything about how the, all that happened, but it certainly made sense. Yes. Okay, but it just, you connected with the, the, it's one of my favorite movies ever. Mm -hmm. And not only did I connect with it, but I connected with the people who did it. Hopefully. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> it's, it's one of those ideas, though, that there is a way of seeing the world that's different. And since I've started doing, and just full disclosure, I think I've known you for a couple of years now. Uh, my sense of time isn't very accurate. Uh, Jay Abraham introduced us, and you've been saying, Dave, you should do my exercises. And I'm like, yeah, I got like 50,000 exercises I should be doing, and I didn't really do it. And over the last couple of months, I'm like, all right, I'm going to actually do it. And, and actually, these are very powerful uh, just because having done probably 10% of the global practices that you did on your odyssey, but having done a lot of like deep intensive work, like, yeah, I can do energy manipulation stuff on my body and like building awareness, but to do it in you know 15 minutes of listening to an audio file and just have like a feeling of vibration in the body, it's very fast. So I'm like, I know there's something going on in there, but I don't have that, that sense of vision that you do. Do people who do like advanced coursework with you, like do they all develop that ability to walk around like Neo and see zeros and ones? Or is this only for like, the There's grand no masters? limitation on any of the courses okay. or any of the students I've had for, you know, whether a year or 15 years uh, on how far that um, I offer for them to go. So because that's your birthright on this planet. So I would never limit it. I'm just going to show you what I found when I was working in the mountains with the Grand Master. The, I can't make it any easier in terms of how long it's going to take you because everybody has their own desire, how much they want to do and how far, they, how hard they want to work. But what's so great is you're noticing is the practices work even if you do a part of them. So you, uh, that old thing about, okay, well, you know, uh, to get to Rome, it's at least a step at a time and every trip begins with the first step. Well, 
here, every one of these exercises will blast you. Every one of these exercises will start to work on a certain part of your body. And it's so much better than doing some minuscule thing, which I see coming in the United States now, uh, where people do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. With any of these exercises, like I showed you in the beginning, it took less than, what, uh, maybe five minutes. And right away, you can feel the result. And it's not I'm telling you the result. You report it. Can you create new grandmasters in your, in your lineage? Mm -hmm. uh, have you? Create a, I haven't created. They've created. You have it within you. That's the most important thing. If it's in your heart, if you're listening to this and you really want to advance, I've had people come to me who are martial artists and they have already gotten very, very high. They've made it all the way up to just before black belt and they've tried over and over again. This one gentleman was in two different disciplines, but the one I'm thinking about, well, he was in, uh, I think, some type of Qigong or Tai Chi, and he never could get, his master said, no, you still can't make it. You're not black belt according to this criteria. And years and years he went by. And finally, when he came here for the program, uh, I said, do these exercises, watch these videos, listen to audio, same thing for you. And he did it over and over again. And then, you know, in a few months, he came back in and said, here's my belt. I got it. This stuff works. So it doesn't matter what, people have told you your limitations are. It doesn't matter what you've read your limitations are. My uh, experiences in China, finally, after six and a half years of not having any reinforcement other than, you know, a lot of great experiences, meeting a lot of well-meaning people, smelling a lot of smoke everywhere because all the shamans, you know, are always burning some kind of smoke and things like that. Um, it, that I, when I got to the top of that mountain, the sacred mountain, I actually was able to connect with people that were able to do things without any adjunctive things that you could do it. Uh, and I saw treatments and I show people how to do this with treating without even touching. You're a licensed physician. Yeah, I'm a gastroenterologist right. and, uh, and a double board certified. And you just said that it's possible to treat people without touching them. Yeah. And you can do this across the planet, right? It's, there are so many ways you can do it, it'll shock you. But we talk about it in the monthly uh, calls that I do that people call in on. And uh, I tell people about whatever is the latest insight into using this energy. I talked with Jack Hanfield about this on a recent episode. And we were saying, what's the deal with some of these globally very powerful people? And having gotten to know a bunch of people who run large companies or are incredibly influential... It's more common for them to have an energy medicine, uh, you know, body worker, something or another than not. And it sounds like going back for thousands of years, the elite ruling class in China also had people supporting them energetically and physically and things like that. And it seems like that pattern repeats in different societies. You know, even if you go back to, you know, King Arthur's court, you know, there was Merlin. Which That's is, right. Right. So are, people are you forget like, about that. Are you like the the well Western Western and Chinese equivalent of a Merlin? Is that this, a way this, this one was used for that? As a matter of <laughs> fact, that's why it's never been written down. Uh, anyone who's a student of Lao Tzu, you know that his book uh, has on the front cover um, his back, not his front, and he's he's on a donkey and he's going out of town because he didn't write the book. His students wrote it. They made him stay for a couple of days and wrote down these words that have lived forever uh, because he was the creator uh, along with a, a number of other great people back in that, that time, Wan Di and other people in China that were so enlightened that they were able to, you know, create the, you know, the Bagua, the Yin Yang symbol, the Tao Te Ching, all the, all those things, 
this whole discipline has been one that's only been handed down in terms of connection, because that's who you are. It wasn't handed down in terms of writing, read it, memorize it, it goes here, and then you can do it. No, this is a, a one where the more you experience it, just like life, the more that you can participate with it and see how it works. And that was all the tests that they put me through. Every time there was a test, I was thinking about that just earlier, uh, the, the tests were very hard. These were tests where people died if they didn't pass them. Like these weren't written tests. Yeah, right? it was not a test that the grandmaster said you were gonna pass. Matter of fact, in the beginning, uh, he said, look, no one ever passed these, these uh, different levels of attainments. He says, you can see around here, you know, it's these three guys with me who've actually been able to make it over all these years. But you know, you'll get to go as far as you were meant to go. We don't ever expect you to make it all the way to the end unless you were meant to make it to the end and you're the first you know, Western doctor, non-Chinese, English-speaking person that we've ever trained. There's no guarantee, plus it's very dangerous and yes, people did die in the training program. And what was fascinating about it, every one of those tests when I'd be like hanging on some cliff and have been left there for like over two days and uh, I have to figure out not only you know, how to get off of this cliff, how to get back to wherever they're going to be with no map and no GPS like you've got, uh, that I'd have to go, well, look, this is impossible. How am I going to do this? And then I would realize that at every level, there wasn't a choice that you could fake it with. You'd have to make it by using the energy. And that's what people learn if they do any of the practices like what you were doing uh, and other people you know are doing uh, every day because you learn that you can pull this energy in yourself. When you come and do the practices, they come from the 5,000-year-old tradition so that you're your own energy Merlin. You get to be that person for yourself, and all you have to do is learn how to pull it in through all the sensors in your body, which most disciplines, uh, I've never seen it written anywhere, where it describes how you've got all these little sensors, which is the basis of this uh, entire program, that you get to do it. So that, that's why it was like this wonderful, the other side of the yin-yang symbol, you know, the yin and the yang, the Western medicine cutting, and here you're okay. You don't have to be cut on. If you want to stay on this side, you could be totally growing stronger every day by doing things where you pull in the energy. Can you do that? Of course. If you ever interviewed Michael Jordan uh, in that game that he won, the best basketball player ever may ever played up until that time, and he had the flu and had a fever and was one of the final games in the NBA, and uh, you know he still played. Where did he get all that energy? So, oh, well, he's in good shape. Well, how good a shape are you in when you have terrible flu? And then when it's the last shot in the game, you know, and, they, and the coach, uh, Phil, said, you know, who do you want to shoot? Because Michael was the ca captain. Because he figured he would choose somebody. He says, I'll do it. So there's like three, four seconds in the game, and he still felt he could pull the energy in in a way that he would connect to the basket, just like any great athlete, any golfer, any person that's ever created anything, somehow you get into a flow state. And what this discipline is all about is you get to stay in that at will. And he did. And then, you know, he sunk the basket and they won the game. You can sink the basket in your goals every day. And that's what the programs we have are all about is that you keep making more goals in every area. That's why I was so delighted and why I kept going back to China to work with the Grandmaster was that it works in relationships, works in your physical strength, works in your creativity. You can get smarter, you can actually make better, you know, you can do better in each field you want to be in. You don't have to be limited to just one thing. 
So a lot of people are worried about right now, oh my gosh, uh, science and culture is changing jobs and people are moving around and maybe they're downsizing. Where am I gonna work? Am I gonna be retrained? Oh yes, with this discipline, you become like, you know, like you're just starting out in junior high school you're, or before junior high, where you're just wide-eyed and ready to learn because you can turn that on every day. All you do is open your sensors and you're doing it. That's what's so great. Now, these sensors, I, I, my work has led me to believe that those sensors are at their basic level mitochondria, mm-hmm. that these are you know, the ancient bacteria thing. And this is a, a big part of Headstrong. We like to think of them as power plants to take food and air and and make energy, but they also sense the environment always. And what you're doing is... Yes, when you say that in your talk, you say it for about this amount. And every time you I've heard that, I wish I said, I wish you would talk longer about how they sense the environment because that's part of you. They're not separate from you. People like to say, oh, well, the bacteria are running our lives and we're just there so they can walk around the planet. No, that's not it either. You in this discipline, what's so wonderful about this source energy, this new life energy, is that it's the energy that Einstein was talking about, you know, that you're actually connected. Why why was he always like thinking and thinking and thinking and connecting to something other than just what's in front of him? Because you are connected to all that. Everybody likes to go, oh, astronomy is cool. You know, it's wonderful. I wonder why people do that. You know, the Hubble got good pictures. I mean, you should look at those photos. You should meditate with those photos. As a matter of fact, people who do these practices and then they do whatever meditation they do, whether I'm in Japan, Indonesia, uh, if I'm in a monastery, they all go, wow, I wish I'd have had this discipline before I started meditating. I could get to that point that I'd like to, which is the universal space. This whole thing about being able to connect to uh, the ultimate place in enlightenment, um, again, is like the way people talk about it, it's like something that pulls you away from life and then you go back into life. No, it's not that. What it is is that you're always in not only what's out there as far as the universe goes, but you're also as small as whatever else you see around you. Once you can connect to that, maybe you're connecting to it right now while we're talking. If you connect to that, your power source, then all these sensors can start pulling in. And the mechanism of connection is those sensors themselves. Yeah, those sensors is what is part of, you're part of all that, and you're part of the sensors too. Yeah, it's, and you get to enjoy it. Of course. Yeah, but uh, if it you were just a sensor, you wouldn't enjoy it, just like if you were just a brake pedal, but you're not. You actually get to what a lot of people have experienced in the different visualizations that we have, the guided visualizations, is that you're actually here now enjoying our conversation I am. I hope these people are. And uh, you're noticing that you're here and checking to see how it's going, and maybe even thinking of what you're going to think about. But then also, you're actually present to the whole place at the same time. Really, you are. And if you're aware of all three of those at the same time, then your continuity with your environment becomes really smooth. And there's not jostling that goes around. Actually, you're people, and we have a course on this, you more and more become 360. You more and more, just like I had to learn fighting uh, programs also, which I, as a medical doctor, I wasn't interested in any kind of fighting, but I had to learn. And one of the things that they taught was um, how to defend yourself with more than one person coming at you. And at the beginning, I didn't want to defend myself even with one. They had four. And I was going, oh God, here's another test. And I don't feel like 
I don't have any background on how to fight except the basic things that they taught me. But I did know that if I use the energy, that that's how I'd pass every other test with him. Somehow I'll come up with the right moves. And then you do. And then all of a sudden, whatever is Tai Chi, whatever is Qigong, whatever is Kung Fu comes through you. And you actually have that power because you're actually emanating it. And there's people, you know, that they filmed uh, from this discipline that actually do demonstrations once in a while, which I don't, I don't want you to do demonstrations. I want your whole life to be a demonstration. But de demonstrations like, you know, they're moving. Someone can't come near them. They'll move them away just by their hand. Is this like Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan kind of people or some of other people are you not allowed to say? Um, let's just say some of the people were at my camp and are in the movies and are very successful in uh, martial arts and have been, you know, get, been heralded as like the number one artist, Kung Fu artist from China. Are we about to lose this practice if there's only 12 people left who are grandmasters and there aren't structured programs to build a next generation of this? Is this... You know, the, the last gasp of, of this kind of energy? I mean, the energy will always be there, but this practice of managing it. Well, I have this opportunity available for people. So if right. I just, you know, decided to enjoy where you live in British Columbia and sit out there in the forest and just, and just take in all the wonderment of life, it's all here. I brought it back. No one has to, like, starve on a mountain or freeze to death in... Um, glaciers and, and stay in the freezing cold water until the grandmaster says, okay, you can get out now. And you're, you know, and then, you know, when you got out, you go, well, I guess I don't need all my winter clothes that I was wearing up here because now I was warm enough in there. And then you, you start to learn, you can adjust all that's in the videos that I've created, uh, that I brought back all the audios in the, in the apps so that, and the physical exercise, we've got it all recorded for people. So you can get it all straight from there. You don't have to get uh, you, first of all, you don't have to go to the mountain, nor could you go there, nor could you pay him to do it, because he wouldn't do it. He would always just say to me, he said, look, this practice that you're learning is NFS. It's not for sale, and plus there's no price value on it, because I have to give it to you for you to get it, or at least guide you so that you can start pulling it in. All these videos and audios that we've got will guide people, if I'm not even here. But even if I did all the videos and all the audios... You'd be, you'd be phenomenal. But I wouldn't be at your level of attainment. You, how do you know? I'm just, I'm asking. How it's do you know that? It's a question. No, all the great scientists and all the great athletes that I've worked with over the years, I've been doing this here openly, I guess. First, I was only doing it in my office for wanting to test it with every age group and every ethnicity and found that it worked with kids and, and even people in their 90s, but that it worked in so many different ways that it's pretty much fits the American ideal, which is that I've got this goal and I've got this goal and I want to be able to multitask. You know, as a kid, you know, you know that you have the sense I could do that. Where did that go? Well, this brings that back to you at every age. So like I've told you before, we have one gentleman who's uh, uh, in his 80s and got his palace license. And really, before that, he was a tailor for all his life. You can imagine for 80s, since he's from Italy, and, and he's always bent over. So he's a kaifatic guy, and he had to pass his physical to be able to fly a plane. Or we've got a lady like, I'm thinking this older woman uh, who came up to me one time, and she said, you know, my sister is losing it. She has Alzheimer's. I don't know what to do. And I'm in my uh, late 80s, and uh, I'm beginning to think I may be beginning it too. Can this help me? And I said, of course, just do these exercises. So you know, I saw her like um, a couple months later and her doctors all wanted to know what had happened because she started becoming brighter and more and more intelligent 
just by her doing the exercises. She's at home doing them, not me. Because your body's built up that way. It was set up by God for you to actually have a life that's so much better than anybody even gives you a, an idea that you could a, attain. And you know that in your heart of hearts is just no one's going to re, reaffirm that once you get on the freeway. Well, th these are people who are using it for their own benefit. And oftentimes, you know, they might be using it in their business or whatever their, their mission here on the planet is. What I'm asking, though, specifically is you went through a set of very rigorous experiences on the top of a mountain mm -hmm. that made you aware of these things and made you uniquely qualified. Even with the, the benefits that I'll, I'll just openly acknowledge on you know, watching videos and by the way, I had a pretty high sense of skepticism that that would actually work because I've seen my share of videos. But there's something different about what you do, and 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 that's real to me. It's embedded in them. yeah, I, and that's why I want people to do this oh, episode. Okay. It's embedded in this episode too. But I I still yes. wonder it, it, when someone's done all of your training, will they really have a broad enough experience base to pass this on to the next generation besides yes. watching the videos? Oh, yeah. I, that's why I love kids. We have kids who don't even want to go to bed at night. Are the, and they're not doing well in school, and we haven't listened to just these guided visualizations before they go to bed. It doesn't matter whether they're four years old, five years old, six years old. After they start listening to it a couple times, their parents don't have to go through that fight every night. The kid just goes to bed, presses thing, because they get to like go off into that wonderful place that they want to go to rather than into night terrors and all that. And so people on their own are, are, are become smarter, more able, once you don't pull in whatever you want to call the matrix or the cultural milieu that says that, you know, right now you're not okay. Or right now, I don't know if you have the ability, or maybe we'll get to that later. What if all things are coming into you and you don't have to keep limiting yourself? What if you can actually be able to take in more and more of everything around you, both in science, in art, in friendships and relationships. That's why I like the energy so much is that the spirit, this source energy allows you to connect to people and have time for people because you're feeling yeah. competent. I, I'm not sure I believe you, Barry. Okay. And, and I believe you about the energy, but I, I know like, for instance, my daughter, um, she's always, you know, oh, it takes me a long time to go to sleep and, and it's, it's a stress for her. She, you know, she's 10. And she started listening to these and, and after a week she's like, you know what, Dad, you can stop asking me if I want to do it. I just want to do this every night because I go to sleep. And it's, it's just much better and I get to go somewhere. And, and it, it's really cute. right? And it definitely works. But if she listens to all these videos, she's not going to be the 13th living grandmaster of... How do you know? Everybody has well, to have your goals. Matter of fact, I think the whole school system, and that's why there's so much homeschooling now, mm -hmm. is all about limiting you and telling you you're okay if the teacher says you're okay. You're okay. Or you're okay if you got an A because you regurgitated. I mean, remember, we were talking also earlier about in medical school and in residency and fellowship and postgraduate studies, years and years of studies, you know, 13, 15 years of medical studies before you can even make your first cut. Uh, you're, you're memorizing books this thick. Now, how's that going to apply to you being able to have a great uh, relationship with your wife, a great relationship with your kids, uh, grow up strong and healthy? It doesn't apply. It's almost like memorizing the uh, bunch of data and yet, how do you use it all? Um, that's what I love about the energy is that you get into your groove so that just like your child, uh, it becomes natural for you to go, I know, I, I want to go to bed because tomorrow's going to be a great day. So, so what's the next evolution of these energy practices? They've been evolving and practiced for 5,000 years. Mm -hmm. And now you've 
sort of taken them out of the monastery and, and put them into... Yeah, first time. Into practice. Remember, that's why I said the thing about yeah. Lao Tzu. His, he didn't write anything down. I didn't write anything down the whole time I was there. All this was brought because it was grilled in step by step, and you couldn't have gotten through the different attainment levels unless you were able to actually manifest at each one of those levels, which I know when you go see shamans in South America or you see the psychic healers in the Philippines, all those places I went and actually studied with them long before I went to, got to make it to China, um, they make a big deal about that. But I think your life is a big deal. I think your relationship with your family is a big deal. I think your, your contribution of love and kindness and prowess is a big deal. And nobody taps it. Maybe, you know, you hear stories that, well, there was somebody who really showed up in an emergency. You know, some child was going to fall in the water and they, they caught them. All of a sudden they woke up. This is about waking you up gently and having you return to your real total self. And it just keeps expanding. Would a person be a master? It's up to them. But you could be a master in making your income go from, you know, four figures to seven and eight figures. We've had a number of people have been able to do that over the years. Uh, you can be a master in art and never have learned any painting. Uh, you, I think everybody has their own interests. You can be a master in taking care of your kid. And, and I, I would agree that the whole thing we talk about, you know, the state of human performance, even the question that I asked you on the last episode, you know, three most important things for performing better as a human being, because different humans want to do different things. So I, I'm with you on that. But let's say, well, Francis, you're not allowed to, to say I'm, I'm a, one of 12 living grandmasters unless you were basically handed the grandmaster card that says you're a grandmaster of this, right? Like, so mm -hmm. I wish it had come as a card. It's more like a, um, a complete disappearing of who you knew yourself before and who you have the opportunity to be at this time and then maintain that continuously until even you can see it, not only what you're doing with other people, but what you're doing every day in your life, what you're doing in your sleep, what you're doing when you're waking up, what you're doing when you're traveling. If you're constantly seeing that you've, which you know I've done, been all over the world since uh, I've been able to bring this to the, the rest of the cultures. It's fascinating that every part of the world is actually there to energize you. It's not just the crystal caves in Brazil. I mean, there's parts of Russia in the forests there that are phenomenal. Every place actually can build you up, and almost all of them are natural. They aren't the man-made radon and all these other chemicals that I know you're working hard to remove from our environment. So I think people really have a great chance with this to go forward. And but it's it, not about going forward. I want to know the next generation of people who will have the same title you have. So it's sort of like if you get a black belt in martial art, okay, you get a second and third degree black belt, and all of a sudden you become a martial arts instructor and you teach the next generation mm -hmm. of kids. I got it. Who's got it. doing that work for this practice now? I got that. What's happening now is that Every parent that comes to me, every person who runs a dojo, every person who's a professor, they're no longer, after they learn this discipline, guided by that thick book with all those little words. They're now not only a person who's enjoying their life and living their life and having victories in so many ways they didn't even think possible since they were a kid, but they're engendering that to your people that either your family members or your class members uh, every single relationship I know, every person I ever met who has been around these uh, energy practices, when they go home, 
their wife says to them, uh, you saw that uh, energy uh, discipline? And the person just goes, yeah, I don't know if it works. And, he, and usually the wife says, no, it works. You should go back. How? How do you notice that? I don't know. The relationship seems a lot better now. You seem more alive, more friendly, more loving. Uh, and all that is is your field now is not restricted. All these sensors are open so that you're teaching the people around you. Uh, and so, so you're being the master now. So every person now will be the teacher. I've brought it back to them. All they have to do is learn it and be able to use it. So, so it, you're saying it's becoming a distributed, percolated thing where if you everyone decide, does you have to and, you want it, yeah. And that's that's kind of your your big mission, as I know we, we've talked about this a lot, and you you want to bring that out. Mm -hmm. And even in that case, so we'll go back to the the Matrix movies. Mm -hmm. um, there's the notion of the architect, mm -hmm. like the, there's someone who's pushing the system, someone who's evolving the knowledge. What do we do with it next? Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that that's the you know, the the core lineage of this. Mm -hmm. Is is there a monastery somewhere on the planet? I'm, I don't want to know where it is if there is, but it's, it, is there something going on where the next generation of learning happens versus the distributed benefit for all all of mankind? Just like. Everyone's responsible for their health, but there are a few people doing core biological research on health and things like that. Like, like where, that, where is that happening? Okay, but let's not limit it to just the monastery. Yes, there is. Um, some of my, um, <clears throat> you know, the grandmaster's still alive, some colleagues where certain things are being brought out and discovered that are useful in a way that we never thought possible. But that's why it's the yin-yang symbol. That's why you can take this incredible connection to the universe and then marry that, connect that so smoothly by that line that's not jagged. It just, you know, it's like a vibration, if you notice, between the two colors of the Bagua, the yin-yang symbol. Marry it to every single thing that keeps going to the moonshots. Okay. We have moonshot people who come and do these practices every morning because and watch the videos because then there are genius minds, which, you know, they went to Princeton, but still they've reached a certain level because everybody in your group now is at Princeton, now is from, has a Princeton degree, okay? Then they worked at the NIH. Everybody in your group, that, now what do you do? Well, you have to somehow have your mind grow with time. Are you gonna read a book about that? No, there'll be some supplements maybe that'll energize your brain, but what if your natural self, the mitochondria you're talking about, if you actually pull in the energy every day, to the extent that you can then make the new discovery. So then they make the new discovery, and then you have the ability to keep going and going and going and going and going. So it's the same Bogwai, same both sides are contributing, and that's why I like it, it's East and West combined. You don't have to give up your physics degree, it's still all physics, this all fits with physics, it all fits with, with all the latest advancements in whatever field you're in. I mean, in China, I think it took till the early 90s uh, but they had it 200 years ago, or maybe 500 years ago. This special color that was in that they'd invented that was sort of a that they'd found a sort of purplish blue. And uh, scientists later found out that the reason it took so long for anybody to ever duplicate it in you know our uh, chemistry labs was that it has so many other benefits. And that fits in with this whole. There's two sides to your process. There's the process called, okay, I'm alive today. Well, and I'm going to work. Is that it? Oh, no, you should feel good about you're going to work because you're taking care of your family. Okay. You should feel good because you're enjoying your work. Okay. What else? How about enjoying the fact that, oh, boy, what an opportunity to actually be here.
to actually be here on the planet and getting to work with this wonderful instrument and see how many ways I can have this thing come up with some new contribution for, you know, for everybody. And then you're like into the whole process of not the me, 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 but the we, 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 us, win, win, win. So that's what my goal is. And that's how everybody will be a, a master at this and be able to have this field so that their kids and the relatives will then just melt into it. Just like when people go next to the ocean, how do they feel? Better than being maybe in the basement of the Pentagon, right? It's a different environment. So if I put you next to the ocean, you're going to love it. You, you ordinarily are made that way. But you're ordinarily made just so that if you go in sunlight, you have sensors here that now finally people are saying, you need to go out in the sun somewhat. A melanoma isn't 100% related to sun, uh, has genetics. It actually, you make you know, melanocytes that have these little granules that get larger and larger, you get a tan, and oh, by the way, uh, your vitamin D comes from there. And oh, by the way, that vitamin D is better than the one you get in a supplement. So oh, by the way, your body actually makes it better than anything we've ever made in a uh, chemistry lab. What is the number one thing that you can say as an advertisement on any supplement? It's always to say, you know, it's natural for the body. It fits the body. It's what your body needs. It correlates to that. And this energy is that plus. It's sort of like the fuel that lifts your body out of the bed every morning. It's a fascinating practice. And, and you've done something that I didn't ask for that's really cool. And just so you guys know, like Barry's a friend and he's, he's done energy work for me backstage at the Bulletproof conference and, and his stuff works. So uh, at the beginning of the show, he said that he's going to give Bulletproof Radio listeners a $97 uh, thing from the energy app, which is kind of cool for no cost, which was really generous and awesome. Energyforsuccess.com slash Bulletproof is where to go for that. Uh, which is pretty neat. And I'm sure that he's hoping that you'll check out the rest of his programs. I'll tell you, it's a good thing to do. Uh, but I'm telling you that with no financial incentive whatsoever, just that like I, I've looked at every technology, every kind of practice I can think of. This stuff has unique things in it, and it's totally worth checking it out. Energyforsuccess.com slash bulletproof. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.